Hi, and welcome to The Lonely Triathlete. My name is Todd, and I am The Lonely Triathlete, coming to you live from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on this Friday, September 1st. Happy September, everyone in the world. So I have been swimming and cycling and running every day in preparation for my triathlon on Monday, September 4th. Um, I have been running less volume than normal. So my workouts have tended to be 30 to 40 minutes, or sorry, 30 to 45 minutes lately, rather than the you know hour to an hour and a half. But I have been running and cycling and swimming just as hard. And here is a crazy statistic. So today I did a 45-minute run. And in the middle of the 45-minute run, I did six intervals. And each interval was 20 seconds. And it was described as all out in my plan. Now, I know that at my age of 55, you never go full all out in running without significant physical risk. <laughs> I remember sprinting all out in my 40s and I nearly ripped my hamstring off the bone. So let's say today I ran at 80% of all out for those 20 second bursts. And you know, I managed for each of these 20 second bursts, I managed to run 100 meters. So I did 100 meters in 20 seconds. Now, that's not bad for a 55-year-old running at 80%. I mean, in high school, I was a competitive provincial track and field athlete. I ran 100 meters in 12.2 seconds. I might have run it in 11.7, but I can't verify that. So let's go to my last verified uh, uh, time, which was 12.2 seconds. And that was, although well, any training, I might add, back in high school, they didn't train you. They just said, at least in Canada, they just said, hey, you're fast. Come on the track team. Run as fast as you can. Woohoo! So anyway, today, if I think, if money was actually on the line, I think today at my age, I could probably run the 100 meters in 15 seconds at full risk of ripping my hamstrings off the bone. But here's the crazy thing. 16, per sec sorry, 16 seconds over 100 meters is pretty much the pace of the world record 10K, which was run in 26 minutes and 11 seconds. So imagine that. If you could run, if you could sprint a hundred meters in 16 seconds. Imagine sprinting that speed for 26 minutes. That is the world record. It makes no sense in my mind that someone can do that. It is insane. Completely defies my understanding. Anyway, these are the things I think about while I'm running. Which leads me to some other thoughts I've been having lately, which was about uh, specifically fitting Ironman training into your lifestyle. Now, I know I talk a lot about Olympic distance triathlon. 
Olympic distance triathlon is a 1,500-meter swim, 40K bike, 10K run. Ironman is a 3.8-kilometer swim, a 180-kilometer bike, and a 42.2-kilometer run, a marathon run. So very, very different distances. But it just so happens to be the distance where the at least the Olympic distance is where I just find my the training commitment and the racing and everything it just best fits my lifestyle and commitments at this point. But I do want to talk about training for an Ironman uh, for a minute because I did do an Ironman back in two thousand and eight, and I've been reflecting upon the difference between that experience and my current experience. And when we think about Ironman athletes, we often think about two categories of racers. There are those who want to compete, get their best time ever, and those who hope to complete. So they don't care how fast they are. They just want to make it through the entire distance. But you know what? There is a third category of Ironman participants that we don't often think about. And these are the Ironman lifestyle athletes. These are athletes that have demanding jobs. They may have a family and they want to spend a lot of time with their family and their friends, but they want to do well at Ironman and they want to be active in other sports besides swimming, cycling, and running. So this kind of describes me back in 2007. I wanted to complete an Ironman and I wanted to compete as best as I could, but I did not want all of this to come at the expense of family and friends and other activities. So if, like me, you're listening to this and you're hoping to participate in a 70.3 or half Ironman or a full Ironman event while keeping other sports in the mix and your family and your friends, here are 10 tips that I came across that I think are well worth thinking about and they can certainly help you succeed in your goal. So number one, just recognize that Ironman training can boost the performance in other sports. So one thing Ironman training did for me is it made me better in every other sport I was involved in from golfing to skiing. And it's not apparent that triathlon, golf, and downhill skiing would be complementary sports, but with some thoughtful planning, they can be. And here is how to do it. You should really log and track your non-triathlon miles. So it can be tempting to think of you know, a regular activity like walking the golf course as no big deal. But if you golf a lot, walking the course, all those miles and hours, they can reach significant totals. So just remember that all of the physical activity that you do during a week, it all takes a toll in your body and it should all count towards your overall goals. Now, long walking is great for running endurance. So depending on how many minutes, hours, miles, kilometers that you're walking in golf or other sports, you can actually attribute those towards some running mileage. So if your plan calls, I don't know, for that week, if the plan calls for 60 kilometers of running, 
but you walked 35, 40 kilometers during golf, you don't need to also do 60 kilometers of running. You can count some of that golf walking towards your running goal. Uh, another thing to think about is you can really take advantage of your strengths. So if you're time strapped, like most of us are, you don't have to dedicate so much time to your strongest sport, especially early in the training season, right? You can minimize that somewhat during the majority of the early part of the season and make room for other uh, non-triathlon priorities. So if you're a strong cyclist, you don't have to spend a whole bunch of time early in the season cycling. You can compensate later. So don't sweat it. Do your, you know, have, do your family activities, do your hiking, do your skiing, you know, early on in the season, have fun and just recognize that you'll be able to bounce back in your strongest sport. The other thing is don't be afraid to step back from triathlon training. So if early in the season, or even in the middle of your season, if you're doing a week-long bike tour, or a four-day golf tournament, or multi-day ski week, you don't have to cram triathlon training into those blocks. Right? As long as you're still getting some basic physical activity, it is not necessarily, sorry, it's not necessary to add extra swimming, biking, running into every day of the week, right? Especially if adding that activity is going to cause, you know, undue stress on your body. Um, number five, take advantage of light days. So if your non-triathlon activity is less than two hours, you can include a triathlon activity or a triathlon workout on that day. For example, I found that swimming after almost any non-triathlon activity stretched out my back and gave me some added recovery and helped me log a triathlon workout where I might not have otherwise, depending on what it was non-triathlon related that I was doing. So if you have a day where you are doing non-triathlon stuff, but it's a relatively light day, yes, that's when you can add some triathlon training. Another thing is to make sure that you do uh, recover, right? Just because you're doing Ironman and you're so used to running, biking, swimming so much, it is so tempting to fill your week with other activities when you're when you're not doing so much triathlon training. Just take it from me, it, it recovery, rest and recovery is so overlooked. So you, you really do need to plan recovery, not only from your triathlon activities, but from your other non-triathlon activities as well. Speed work for Ironman, it is important. Now, a lot of people think the only type of speed work that you need to complete an Ironman looks like like long tempo or lactate threshold intervals where the, I call it like comfortably hard, but actually shorter, almost all out efforts for the seasoned athlete can really help maintain your fitness and keep your enjoy fa enjoyment factor high. So just because you're doing long a long race like Ironman, doesn't mean you should give up on doing some really short fast stuff. It actually will 
help you in the long run. Strength training, this is a huge one. Every sport introduces the potential for overuse injuries. So you need to keep your body generally strong and balanced. So in the off season, I personally do strength training at least two times per week. And these sessions can be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. Typically, I, I will do like 35 minute sessions. And then when, you know, months and months and months into your training schedule, when the real heavy stuff starts to roll around, then I bring it back down to one strength training session a week. But you should always try to keep strength training in your schedule. All right, second to last tip. Be conscious of what you want for the rest of your life. So if your goal is to keep 70.3 and Ironman events as part of your lifestyle without sacrificing other activities that you love, it can be done. It's just a matter of being clear what you want and setting yourself up for success. I remember asking on an online forum in the early 2000s, if it was possible to complete an Ironman with only 10 hours of training a week. And most people said no. But a few people said, yeah, for sure, you can do it. I mean, you're not going to run the best Ironman you could, but you can complete an Ironman with 10 hours of training a week. And as it happens, when I did my Ironman, I averaged 8 to 10 hours per week for most of my training. And I only did 10 or 12 hour weeks in the couple of months that preceded the event. So it is doable with any kind of, you know, schedule that you have, as long as you really think about, you know, being clear about what you want and what you have to give up to get it done. So don't let anyone tell you, you can't do it, which leads to the last tip, which is myth busting. It is true. Anything is possible. And at one time or another, everyone sets self-imposed limits on themselves. But many times these limits or these limitations are based on myths that you've heard. So remove the myth that you have to give up everything else in your life in order to be an Iron Man. It's not true. I, I'm living proof of it. If you can make Iron Man a lifestyle... Right, fitting it into the ebbs and flows of your life, your family, your friends, your work. You can make it part of your lifestyle. And then you can enjoy your training and enjoy your racing and you're not going to be all stressed out. So just just believe it is possible. It takes planning. It takes understanding of some friends and family. But it is totally possible to be an Ironman athlete and yet still have a life. So, there you go. My wisdom on Ironman training. And I think this might be it. I think this might be my last podcast before the big race on September the 4th. I feel ready, everybody. I feel ready. My back is healed. My training has been accomplished. The only thing that's left is to toe the line and execute on my plan. And you know what? When all else fails, you just push until you feel like puking. That's my strategy. And so far, it's been working out. So anyway, until after my race and until next time, peace. Peace.